Welcome to the first episode of The List. As the name suggests, this episode is about objects. What are objects? They're what we also call as things or items. Objects are of two kinds, tangible objects and intangible ones. Things that can be seen, touched, have a certain shape to them are what we call as tangible objects. And others that are shapeless are the intangible ones. Objects are what humans are not. They can't feel, they don't have emotions. Objects or items, they're lifeless. Item songs have been an active part of our cinema of Bollywood for over many decades now. The primary usage of item songs in cinema exists somewhere around marketing and promotion. Or so it is told. Okay, so first of all, I think can we need to understand where item songs are coming from. So it is not a new phenomenon at all. And uh, if we look at Hindi films, Bollywood films, since the 40s and the 50s, like 1940s, 1950s, then we can find cabaret dancers. So at that time, the term used was not item song, but it was called cabaret dancers and cabaret dancers. So the, well, Simona Sharma is pursuing her PhD from the Advanced the Center for Women's Studies at TIS, Mumbai. Her broad area of work involves media studies, popular culture, and folk cultures of the Northeast India. Her PhD thesis is on item songs and spectatorship. So, for instance, one of the first person who was called an, uh, an item girl, for instance, or a cabaret dancer was Cuckoo. And she was an Anglo-Indian dancer who came into Bollywood films. And she started her career since the late 1940s. And, um, and she started dancing these kind of, you know, songs in films. Where you know there are there are spectators watching, like spectators in the films, like diegetic spectators watching her dance, and you know in a pub or amongst people who are just enjoying, and you know that kind of song. It's not entirely the way they show it today, but obviously you can understand how that was at that period. So that started in the 40s, 50s, and since the 60s, what happened was there were many changes that came up. Okay, so uh, Ranjini Majumda has written about that about the coming of color in cinema. So in 40s and 50s, were still black and white. So since the 60s, the cinema, you know, that color started to come in Bollywood cinema. And with that, new uh, aesthetics began to develop in Bollywood films. So, and during that time, it was Helen who, you know, rose to fame in 60s and 70s. And Helen was actually the first who started dancing with Cuckoo itself as background dancer in the 40s, 50s, and then she became who she is, you know, iconic, uh, the dancer in the 60s and the 70s. So then, uh, and during that time, what happened was the Bollywood films, they could not show directly a dance in that form, so that's why they often made this bifurcation between good woman, bad woman, and the good woman was often portrayed as the devoted wife, the respectable wife, and the bad woman was this dance, you know, and Helen always you know, uh, she was someone who who portrayed this band and because 
so that also uh, came out because of the fact that she was she did not look indian uh, look that she presented was used to make her the vamp you know it was not a traditional indian look that she had she had burmese parents so you know so in that way 1670s mein there was helen and there was bindu and there was many other actresses as well but it was mostly helen who were considered and she often did not portray the mainstream role she was often brought in to do the dances and then she would do the dance and she would go away like from the film script so that was how she was accommodated into the hindi film then later what happened was after so when we if we come to 90s you know 80s 90s late 80s 90s with the globalization and with all these then we can see this new form of item song emerging you know which is not similar to cabaret which is not how it is today as we can see so and now what we also see is it is not a clear demarcation between good woman bad woman there are mainstream actresses also doing item numbers so item numbers are not just uh, you know it, it's not just item girls are brought in to do the dances and then they lead the film script so they are there throughout the song so the current songs like you know um munni badnam sheela ki jawani katrina kaif for doing chikni chameli so all these are like uh, mainstream actresses doing item songs and today we have uh, dilbar dilbar saki saki by nora fatehi and all these songs are interestingly a remake of the old songs you know like that is another important thing that we should consider while talking about item songs is that there are very few original you know if you want to use that word original item songs today it is often the remake of old songs for example janvi kapoor a recent release nadio par is also a song which was there in the past so these changes are happening and item songs today are a very different character than it used to be in the past and um, so yeah and today in almost all bollywood films i think we can find one item song or the other it even if it's not a part of the film it's mainly when the credit end credits are rolling or when in the beginning the credits are coming in at that point there will be a song like this so it is very common and sometimes even in the film they don't show and later on they release a music video of an item number of a particular film item songs have eternally damaged as to how men look at women in our society were perceived as items as objects and the fact that such songs have been normalized to the extent that they are even celebrated is just so awfully disturbing but if you are to talk about a society as a whole we have to acknowledge the fact that when something is vigorously consumed in a society it is consumed by everyone or people at large and a society is comprised by everyone living in it the representation of item numbers and how they are how the female body is represented in such songs is something to be dealt with in a very sensitive manner so the eroticized female and the male gaze i think we need to talk about all this yes definitely and how particular kinds of bodies are taken for instance even for item numbers and there is a body segmentation for instance there are particular specific parts of the body that are focused upon that are zoomed upon you know the hips the breasts the so all these are uh, a way of making the women become the sex symbol or you know a, an object of desire an object of desire for the men however uh, when we talk about objectification and male gaze so i came across this very interesting article by tohini ghosh 
who has uh, actually talked about how when we talk about item songs and objectification, that debate, we are assuming a heterosexual desire at play here. And we are saying how it's the men's, you know, objectification of the women. However, which is often taken from the Laura Mulvey's concept of active male versus passive female model. However, one needs to understand that if we talk about queer desire, for instance, and that is what Shohini Ghosh has also written about, queer desire and female desire, then it might not be that problematic as it is if we think only about heterosexual desire. So that was a very like eye-opening article for me as well when I read it and I'm like, wow, you never thought of it in that way where, you know, item songs might also be an object of desire for women, right? And uh, interestingly, so, so currently I am doing uh, research on item songs and I am talking to youth audiences about item songs and their perception and I have found many women who actually talk about, you know, um, getting a sort of pleasure by watching these songs and getting a sort of, you know, they, an, an identification with the women portraying the songs. Now, this is not to justify the objectification part. Obviously, that is there. But I think when we talk about item numbers, we also need to look at it from this other perspective. So, uh, that is that is one thing. And secondly, uh, we need to question, yes, why there aren't any male item songs, for instance. Why it is only the female body that is put up as an object of desire? Why there is no male body out there? Because even we would want to look at a male body, for instance, if we want to say it in that way. So, yes, that is problematic. Why only female bodies on display? And why only make women the sex symbol? So, so we have to question all that. But at the same time, when we talk about item numbers, we also have to think of the choice element, the element of agency. So, is it, is it, uh, can we actually say that, you know, that women are now becoming empowered to to represent their sexuality, for instance. So mainstream actresses doing it is a way of doing that. So in the past, when women were brought into the item numbers, it was mostly to portray them as sex symbols or whatever. But now when mainstream actresses do it, who also perform roles of devoted wife, but at the same time they also perform roles of being an item number, then is that line blurring, you know, where we say that sexuality only needs to be controlled in some women and not in others? So, can we actually say that those lines of good woman, bad woman are actually breaking down? Those barriers are breaking down. And now women in different roles also perform perform sexuality. You know, we can say that this is a performance of one's sexuality. So, we have to understand it also from a perspective of agency and choice. So, and, um, and, uh, so, and also if we look at the audience's perspective. So, if, do we can we really say that it is corrupting audiences' minds? So, here I also would like to bring in my research because I'm looking at audience perspectives and I'm looking at audiences' understanding of item songs. So, interestingly, what I noticed is most people do not actually, you know, bring in the eroticized aspect with respect to item songs. So, when I'm asking them, for instance, why do you like these songs? What are the elements in the song that make you like a number, you know, like an item number? So, it is often not the visuals that they talk about. It is often the element of tonality. It is often the element of rhythm. It is often the element of beat, for instance. You know, those are the specific things that are coming up in the interview. So, from this, I think it is 
a very interesting way to look at it because we can say that mainly the the fact that these songs are also danceable, you know, in that sense. Like when we have parties, when we have DJ parties in colleges, for instance, these are the songs that are played. So the fact that these songs are danceable, the fact that one can actually enjoy in these songs also in a different way along with friends to bring up that kind of a social solidarity among friends and peers. So those are actually, those came up more, you know, those are more prominent in the, in my research, which I am also like articulating, right? What I'm trying to say is all these things are also there. So only looking at item numbers from the perspective of men looking at women, from the perspective of objectification from the perspective of women made, made being made the sex object and from the perspective of us being corrupted by this entire genre is I think flawed. A-list actresses and B-list actresses, the thin line between a matter of choice and a matter of financial need. When you uh, talk about A-list actresses, so there itself we are making for instance, a you know, hierarchy between A-list actresses and DJ actresses, which is common among the entire media culture. For instance, it's common in any in the industry itself. So, first of all, I have gone through the interviews of several women who have done item numbers, like Katrina, Kef, Nora Fatehi, or Malaika Arora. And in those interviews, they often talk about when they are posed questions about item numbers, not a generic women empowerment question, but general, but general questions like what do you think about doing item numbers, for instance, you know, because you also say that women are, women should be empowered or, you know, in that line. So when they are asked directly questions about item numbers, they often say that it was my choice, it is a dance, and it is a, it is a way of portraying my skill of dance. And interestingly, Nora Fatehi has also mentioned in one of the interviews that she very specifically tries to, you know, balance the boundary between sensuality and vulgarity, which I think was very stark, uh, which I think was very interesting because she says that when I dance, I make it a point that my dancers are not too, not too vulgar, but they are sensuous, you know. So in that way, one can see how these women who are doing item numbers are also trying to negotiate these space, you know, where where they are given a dance, they are doing it, but they are also trying to negotiate these spaces of how to be when they are doing such dances. And, you know, how they can actually bring in some form of agency while doing the dance by choosing to do particular steps and not choosing to do particular steps. So, when we talk about A-grade actresses, this is the kind of responses one gets. But when we talk of B-grade actresses, like so-called B-grade actresses like Rakhi Savant and like Samhavana Seth, who has actually done a lot of Ghojpuri item numbers, because Ghojpuri item numbers are also another genre in itself, and it's a big thing, almost similar to Bollywood item numbers. So I have looked at their interviews as well. And for them, the narrative around item numbers is often like when they are asked about why they do item numbers and what do they think about it. That narrative is often in the sense that, you know, because so Sambhavna said in an interview said that it was, uh, she wanted to act in Hindi films, but she did not get the opportunity. Then she got the opportunity to dance in Bhojpuri films, and it was her economic need that she had to pick it up, you know. So when we talk about actresses doing item numbers who are, for instance, but 
it's not like she she's saying that not like samagna said he's saying that you know that it's not what she wants to do she says that she wants to do but it was also an economic need that pushed her into this field but now she all obviously says that this is something that she enjoys doing or this is something that you know she loves to dance and that is why she's doing it so when we look at these narratives of women who are doing item numbers and who are actually saying that they want to do it and it is their skill and it is their art we also need to look at the social the social background you know the caste class background of these women and how the positioning of these women in the society actually uh, affects their way of looking at item numbers and their way of looking at their own performance of item numbers you know so so karina for instance karina kapoor giving the reason of choice like saying that it is my choice is very different from someone like lakshi savant giving a reason of choice you know so that think of the the of the people doing item numbers and their background and their social status and the way they are marked in the bollywood industry itself i think makes a very important um it makes a very important that is i think a very important element in in looking at how they look at item numbers and how they it is they have different narratives of choice in them and it is their positioning in social social society that affects their you know understanding of choice itself for instance so we need to look at item numbers and we need to look at these elite actresses doing item numbers from that perspective and um, yes definitely some of those are ironical like their commentaries on something and their and the way they are performing are ironical but we need to look at how they are also trying to negotiate the space as i mentioned earlier within this genre of item number and trying to bring in a little bit of agency however much they can into their performance from privileges to sustainability everywhere we go we're linked with a thread the the people behind item numbers you know they are often men the people the lyricists be it the composers be it the producers directors of the films that have item numbers are all men so in one of the lyricists adda that i was actually watching that found that you know uh, how uh, actually one of the female lyricists anjita datta she said that uh, uh the dialogue and who has actually written the dialogue lyrics for queen and bulbul and all those movies so she has said particularly that in the music album that she has done she has never done item numbers you know consciously she has refused to do item numbers in uh, many albums and that is because she finds item numbers not contributing to the film script at all so she has directly said that i don't find any reason for item numbers to be put in a movie it does not contribute to the film script so i never write item numbers but at the same time she also has mentioned that it is also one position in the society and it is a privilege to say no you know not everyone can even say no when they are given a word and especially in the entertainment business we all know how it works we all know the economics of it we all know that not anyone becomes successful in one day you have to the economics of it is very very difficult you know for people to even to remain remain in sustenance through something like entertainment so the privilege of saying no to doing an item number for an actress or for a for a, a choreographer or for a singer or for a writer is must be considered so when anjita that the said that i have not done an item number and i have the privilege to say no so when we say who is to blame i think we also have to understand the system that we live in 
the patriarchal culture that we live in, the male dominated industry uh, that is Bollywood, and overall uh, how the uh, how the society will live in impacts our decisions, our decision making process. So, uh, if you ask me plainly who is to blame, I would say it is the system, and um, why isn't we find item songs necessary and functional? But at the same time, I would also say that item songs might be a avenue to show, might be an avenue to showcase sexuality or female sexuality coming out. Yes, so one needs to look at item songs from from that scenario, and uh, how not everyone can say no. All in all, now you know what an object is and what isn't. Thank you so much for listening to The List. We talk about everyday issues that deserve more space. Bye-bye.